Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we're actually doing something a little bit different. Instead of doing our normal deal where we take a prompt from one of our listeners and then kind of extrapolate that out into a full-blown setting, we're going to be giving you a preview of things to come in the World Build With Us podcast. We are rapidly approaching 100 episodes, which is just utterly shocking to me. But as a result, we're planning on kind of revamping the way that we do things on the world building jam session. And as a result, we're going to be previewing what that new updated list is going to look like today by having an entire episode based around doing a world building jam session. So without further ado, we've got... 20 genres as opposed to the six that we were dealing with before 20 different new themes we've got new things that we're going to be focusing on and oh man i'm just going to go ahead and roll right into it speaking of the upcoming 100th episode if you want to send in any questions for a q a session we're going to be having for that please go right ahead and do so you can go ahead and send an email to worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. And we will probably read your email and answer it. I mean, probably, unless it's a really bad email, but we haven't gotten many of those. So now, without further ado, let's go ahead and roll into the new genre. I'm actually not going to say all 19 of the new genres, but I will say that 20 forces us to roll twice and then combine two of them. So Let's go ahead and see what our first new genre of this session is going to be. Okay. So we've got weird fantasy. Now, uh, who wants to talk a little bit about weird fantasy before we get into it? I love weird fantasy. I, I like know you did, do, Daniel. <laughs> didn't we do an episode? I don't know it was about weird fantasy, but I know we had talked about Cosmicism and H.P. Lovecraft before. Um, but if for, for whatever that episode was a long time ago, Weird Fantasy is essentially um, born from really, I'd say, uh, Edgar Allan Poe and then H.P. Lovecraft and that kind of era. And it's about, um, you know, like I would say uh, the incomprehensibleness of the cosmos and horror and um, um, alien entities intruding on our world and hopelessness. Um, but also in more recent times with the new weird, um, it's become more about like um, dealing with uh, different ways of understanding the other. And I think in China, Mayavel, for example, um, and a lot of the writers that come around his time started to reinterpret the new weird. Absolutely. And that's that new weird is what I'd probably like to focus on a little bit more today. But, you know, we'll see how that goes later on. Uh, now, as for the theme, again, we've got 20 new themes. Some of them are absolutely ridiculous, and I'm very much looking forward to it. So let's roll the die and see what we get. Oh, how appropriate for uh, the the weird fantasy stuff. We have curses as our theme today. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And the first thing that... So we've got a weird fantasy setting the focus is, or, or the theme is going to be on curses. And the first thing that we're going to be focusing on in this setting is a weapon. Okay. Ooh. Interesting. 
So who's got some ideas about a weapon in a weird fantasy setting that has a that has the theme of curses? The first thing that comes to mind for me with curses is like the the curse of King Tut kind of thing, like um, people going into archaeology sites and finding these artifacts that supposedly um, curse them and lead to their eventual demise. But here we could have that be an actual curse. Um, so maybe mm-hmm. it was a group of people exploring some ancient ruins and they found this this ancient weapon that at first seemed, you know, really fascinating and, um, you know, nothing particularly malignant about it. But over time, maybe um, the longer that it was outside of its ruin, it started to mess with things in reality. Mm. Oh, I like that. I like Especially... that as well. Um can okay i i love that idea i have this i have this kind of sub idea to go along with it that this thing it it's not intentionally uh cursing people mm-hmm. it just so happens to be a curse magnet so it actually <laughs> just it draws in curses around it and if people get close to it then they just get zapped by the curse as it's getting absorbed into by this this weapon or, or this, this thing. Um, it, it's almost like, it's almost like a dream catcher, but like mm. a really evil version of it of some kind. I kind of like that. Um, like maybe the origin was some like ancient priest or sorcerer who had created this thing to harness the power of the curses for himself or herself. And, but when it's like without that original owner, it just sort of absorbs and, kind of lets like this aura around it of bad energy and curses. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's like, um, to me, it's almost like it's, it's like a battery that's constantly being charged Mm. or something like that. It has no outlet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How do we define curses? Um, and when we're talking about them, well, see the reason I I chose these themes is that they can be intentionally vague on purpose. Mm -hmm. So, Really, Daniel, what do you want curses to mean? Um, I mean, I'm not sure, but I, I think um, if it's going to be like, uh, I guess the other question is who is like, is this um, what what sort of setting is this? Is this a modern setting? I'm getting that vibe since we're getting kind of like a Indiana Jones, uh, you know, tomb raiding mm-hmm. potentially vibe. So are curses maybe... Um, like bad things quote unquote going on in the world that are being collected. So certain behaviors that people are doing. Um, I mean, I I like the idea that these are like sorcerers who are actively trying to curse other people. And this thing is just absorbing them. mm -hmm. So in my mind, it's almost like this setting is fairly mundane because this uh, giant magnet exists, right? Like if it weren't for this thing absorbing as many curses as it does, then there'd be a lot more magic out there in the world. Oh, but so are, are curses like a form of hate in the world that it's absorbing is what I mean. Like, is it ah. a curse, not a magical thing, but is it like, say, you know, I don't know, there's um, racism in Tennessee or there's like um, a bombing in like, I don't know, Chicago. Like, are those acts of violence and evil or that that's what's being absorbed into this, this thing? So, so you're, you're transforming uh, curses, not as like, a magical incantation to inflict mm-hmm. upon an enemy, but like rather hatred as a whole. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe we can make that more specific, but I think it would be neat if it was, like, stuff being bleached from, or leached away from the, the natural world into this fantastical world, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 Let's, let's expand on that, then. I like that concept. Like, I guess, and a curse is about, um, like, putting a rule on someone, right? That, that hurts them, in a sense. Or, or it just causes pain. So there's all sorts of curses. Like, I mean, there's even ones as simple as like the evil eye, right? Where you right. want people to wither and die. Or there's one I remember it's, it's from like, you point a rib bone at someone and you say there, and mm. it's supposed to like inevitably drain that person of their life and vitality. But I imagine it's that like a punishment. Else... Yeah, exactly. Mm. It, these are, these are. I imagine that these are like divine punishments in some way, mm-hmm. like King Midas's touch, right? Like that's a curse, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe like, what would be the equivalent of that in the modern world? Like what are everyday curses that we're, we're performing? We don't realize it. Uh, I, I hate to do this, but Twitter. Oh my God. I love that because that would, okay. If, if, if it's somehow, maybe it's primarily digital and that's, what's wakening this thing up. Like it's charging it now because we found a way to transmit our curses. Oh, so it's so it's actually being supercharged now is what you're yeah. suggesting. So every time somebody online is like, oh, you kill yourself or like yeah. says some like racist insult, it like actually gets absorbed into this thing. Yes, that's what I'm picturing. Because <laughs> think about it, in the past, like when this sorcerer or this priest existed and they used curses as magic, like they had a way of transmitting curses magically, right? And we lost that ever since that priest has gone, artifacts been gone. Now we have a way of doing it again, but we're doing it digitally. Okay. Okay. This is definitely weird fantasy and I'm loving it so far. <laughs> Imagine so, like League of Legends, the amount of curses. Oh my God. Like. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, yeah. There are, things, yeah, there are certain <laughs> things that are just dis- like created by evil warlocks yeah. who are like, <laughs> this game is created to siphon frustration and energy out, oh of, out of it, you know, like that type of thing. Uh, so, okay. So we've got this idea, right? Like that, Curses are basically generated as, or this thing is basically a battery for, mm-hmm. for evil magic and evil power. So let's think about this weapon and think about this battery and who's using it and how it's being used and what can we do with it? Hmm. So I feel like Elon Musk would want to use this. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Nope. Um, at all. <laughs> But let's go, let's go a little bit more fantastical, right, thing, right? right? Like, let, let's take the idea of using um, curses and then give them to people. Like, are, is this thing, or, or is it just one weapon, or is it a series of weapons that people can use? And so they're using items that are basically cursed by internet curses and then utilizing them elsewhere. I'd like it to be one weapon because it's in in weird fantasy and other kind of genres, the magic is usually very limited or if it is limited, it's, Mm. it's um, very powerful and rare or dangerous. Um, And if we kind of give everyone something now, it's more like either superheroes or wizards again. Yeah, sure. So, Mm -hmm. so what are we, what's the focus then? Because right now we could basically pretend that we're living in a weird fantasy world. Right. So oh, maybe, we... 
maybe we go back to what, what Courtney was saying, like it's been unearthed. And so maybe by unearthing and whoever has it now, they're poisoning or contaminating people because of the possession of it. So like whoever took it out, right, and has it, I don't know whether or not they understand what it is, but they have it. And I imagine this thing is like, a, you know, a piece of irradiated metal, essentially of hate. So mm -hmm. it must be like emitting the stuff wherever it is. Like maybe it was taken to a facility in a suburban town, or maybe it was, that's like a, you know, it's on the, the periphery of the suburban town, this facility, or maybe it's been taken to an Amazon warehouse, or maybe it's been taken, you know, someplace where there's a lot of population around it. Mm -hmm. And now it's having its effect because it's heightened, you know, these curses, like it's, it, and, and the people who are using or have access to it, like they probably are contaminated by it. Like I'm thinking like a Chernobyl, but with hate. Can we have these curses manifest in some way? Ooh, I like that. Yeah, because I think that would be really fun. Actually, what might be interesting is that the people who are absorbing these curses, maybe they are becoming like possessed or mm -hmm. the, they're manifesting on their person. So we can get a little bit of like body horror in there. As yeah, well. like yeah. the nature yeah. of the curse. So I can see if it's contaminating people. Maybe what it does is it like... It, it it starts to manifest physically, like you're saying, or their psychology changes yeah. for the worst. Absolutely. I mean, mm -hmm. I think actually, if we want to go to the classic Stephen King way, there's the there's the idea of thinner. Do you know that book slash movie? Yes. Yeah. Vaguely. So you yeah. Could, you could have you know like manifestations of hate be mm -hmm. curses in that way. So there's yeah. this town that where like people are just like either it, you know going incredibly fat or maybe they're uh becoming internet trolls but in real life mm -hmm. you know like mm. there's all sorts of interesting weird shit that we can do i'm actually thinking of um have you ever read the graphic novel black hole by any chance no yeah okay so that is like um it's it's an allegory for the hiv and aids epidemic but the way that it's it's, it's an std that basically manifests in weird mutations on people and i think that having the curses be something like that where it's like a physical change that is just a physical manifestation of the curse would be really interesting so in my mind i'm thinking something along the lines of you know these people become pretty pretty monstrous in a way i think that'd be mm -hmm. interesting to kind of mm -hmm. explore yeah, I mean, what this allows for is now that the thing itself, like the object itself becomes this mysterious background thing. And yes. the, if you end up centering um, this, the horror of the of what these people experience, and so you can have a bunch of individual stories, and there's an unknown source, you know, maybe there's like an investigator as there always is, and at least I, the classic, the weird, you know, trying to I, figure I, it out. I was actually going to say, Daniel, I think that we could do a big favor to you and have this be an X-Files type. Oh setting. my God, that would be great. Yeah, yeah I saw a picture, like if you put it in a weird suburb or like some strange town, you know, mm -hmm. it's classic kind of um, Lovecraft. I'm thinking mountain town because yeah. I'm imagining that the government knows about this thing and they've buried it deep within mm -hmm. like an abandoned coal mine, but it's still like leaking up and affecting its yep. the citizens and stuff like that. But it's it's not evident, right? Like it's, it's kind of like, oh, this person just kind of went crazy or, mm -hmm. oh, this person 
just committed suicide or something like that. And like, those are the leaking. This person clawed out their family member's eyes, you know? Right, (laughs) right, right, right. right. And until, until it starts to get really nasty Mm -hmm. where people start to grow like an extra mouth or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, like. I was going to say like, what, what's, what really freaks me out too, is I watched the show, you know, the show on HBO called Chernobyl. That's, that's like a kind of gives you a really close look. It was amazing and horrifying. And I'm thinking like, you know, I could have pictured the horror of trying to get to this cold mine, but it's not that you physically, well, I mean, you probably do. It's not that like you're literally melting, which is what happens in Chernobyl, (laughs) but it, it transforms your psychology. And in some Mm. cases, your physicality in such ways that by the time you get there, you've probably eaten each other or (laughs) murdered each other or something horrible has happened before you finally got into the thing. Oh I really God. like that. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a really cool <laughs> idea. So we've got like a monster of the week style game. And and honestly, you could do this. Like if we were running this as a, as a, t- a tabletop RPG, mm-hmm. I could see it being either you're playing the government agents who are trying to figure it out. Will, and there's like a side conspiracy that their agency actually knows what's going on. And then alternatively, you could just be like, you could play this on kids on bikes. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that, like, yeah. Yeah, like you're just like teenage kids, like what the hell's going on with our parents? You know, like right. stuff like that. <laughs> that would be really fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like I, either of those options I think would be really, really cool. And yeah. you could do like a Stranger Things with it, except, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, way more horrifying and, and better. Because uh, yeah. yeah. uh, I, I think I stopped caring after season two or like midway through season two i don't yeah, remember. same. Season i think three i only watched rough. the first one season oh, three was. was not not great yeah see did you watch season three i did yeah it was uh it was not not ideal <laughs> yeah i only watched I, I, like a few episodes of season two and then i was like what this is like what is new here nothing <laughs> yeah, yeah i think that's actually a really good point although mm-hmm. daniel i feel like you'd probably be one of the people who'd like uh, episode eight of season two oh, where everything is like incredibly new and different and it's oh, like, really? oh i just like i liked i really liked the aesthetic of stranger things but i felt yeah. like okay i'm not being given anything mm. new like i get that they're doing a great job recreating this um what do you call it like retro vibe of that time nostalgia. period yeah yeah and i felt the nostalgia but i was like yeah. what are you adding to the concept you know yeah. I think it's I think it's a it's a show that leans really hard on its characters. Yeah. And then after season two, the characters start to w- like kind of become little one note. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially <laughs> oh, season three becomes like very evident of that. They take oh. a, a certain characters just like become completely one dimensional and flat. Yeah. The, the, it's called it's called the Flanderization. Mm. You know, where <laughs> yeah. they, yeah. No, that, that's it's an actual yeah. thing. I heard about that recently. Yeah, yeah, where where people where characters stop becoming characters and they start Mm. becoming caricatures of the character that of themselves. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's it's obviously named after Ned Flanders from The Simpsons, but it's actually kind of a fascinating you know thing Mm -hmm. to think about in long term form of media. Anyway, Mm. all right. So we are now at the point where we're going to toss in a twist that we're going to have to reconcile, and uh, the twist list is still kind of updating. So. This one's going to be less new compared to what you're expecting, but also shut up and you do it yourself then. I don't care. Anyway, let's go ahead and roll and see what we got. Okay. Uh, clones are involved uh, is the twist <laughs> that we have for this one. So how, how does this happen? How does this work exactly? How are clones involved? Clones. I guess we have to interrogate what clones means. 
Well, actually, I, I have a fairly simple, um, I have a fairly simple way of doing it, where uh, this town that they brought this kind of cursed object to, um, the reason that the government brought it here in the first place is because they know that this town is filled with experimental clones. So it doesn't. Oh, really <laughs> oh is it like one of those fake, you know, the nuclear um, test towns? Uh, is it yeah. like yeah. that concept? Oh, that's cool. Okay. I like but, that. but filled with actual human beings, actual human stuff. clones that. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's exactly. Wow. So um, is the investigator, so I wonder, is the investigator someone who came to this town following leads? Like, is he one of those crazy, um, you know, like conspiracy theorists trying to figure stuff out? He stumbled upon this town. Or was it someone who's like an actual clone in the town who is an investigator who realizes the truth about himself and the and the rest of them? Yeah, see, that's what you can do. You can do yeah. a lot of really mm-hmm. weird and cool things within that setting, I think. And then not only that, you could take that clone idea a step further and have it be that this town is an experiment in some way. Oh, I like that. So, you know, like the reason that they're using clones in this particular town is because they're like, okay, we need to figure out if we can colonize Mars. So what would this town look like? You know, like you could take a, um, you could take like, just put it in a big glass dome city and tell every, tell all the fake clones that they're on Mars. Uh. And then that's <laughs> the experiment to see what it would like. Or, 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 or you could do it. You could do so many different things because you can have a bunch of weird, like basically take the idea of the vault from mm. Fallout, you know, like all of the different experiments that they had in the vault series and then plop it in this random town and then add curses onto it. And then bam, you've got yourself like a mixture and a soup that could really work because the people in the town think everything's normal or think everything is a specific way until you start throwing on the curses and then you, I mean, the setting is already ridiculous, but it also, <laughs> you could really play it in a way that is pretty straight up to a certain point, right? Like you could have it be about, um, you know, like a, a cold war era town where it's like, Oh, the bombs have gone off. We're the last mm. city th- that exists. And that's the experiment, you know, but, but again, I'm, I'm rambling here. No, I think those are all like viable like scenarios i mean those are yeah, really definitely. cool you know yeah oh yeah oh actually going back to more references that i can toss out um what's the what's the name of the the twilight zone episode where it's like uh the, the lights all go out in certain houses it's like the the town after sundown or something like that do you know what i'm talking about um, I love no. Twilight Zone, but I don't remember that particular episode. It's basically like the aliens are testing humans to see how little it would take for them to turn on each other. And obviously it's like almost nothing that starts to, to like oh, that that, to everything. That also makes me think, now again, it's another one I can't think of the name of, but there was this movie, this indie time travel movie. I think it was technically a time travel movie that was similar to that, where it's like the the lights have gone out in another house and they're like, and the rest of the town is suddenly silent. And it's on Netflix, too. It's really good, but it's really I, short. I think I know what you're talking about. And I yeah. don't want to mention the name of it because that is kind of a spoiler in and of itself. Oh, it is? Yeah, I forgot the name yeah. of it. But it's like, if you can find that movie, it's cool because you have no idea really what's going on until the end. And it all makes sense. You know, it's kind yes. Of- I, I, I'm like 99% sure I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. And I don't want to mention it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. So I think that we've reconciled the twist pretty well. Uh, the idea that, you know, you could have this government town that's using them all as 
an experiment of some kind. And then there's curses, you know, like, why not? Right. Yeah. Does anyone have anything else that they want to add to this setting? I just want to say, like, I really liked, I think what was really critical in this was getting that first image from Courtney about something being unearthed because I automatically started to get the feeling of like, okay, Tomb Raider, but weird. Right. And then Mm. it let us, it helped let us on that path. Absolutely. Yeah. Great job, Courtney. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) All right. So now we've burned through one of them and now we're going to go on to another one. You guys are double dipping on the previews here, but that's kind of by design anyway. So the next one we're going to roll is for another genre that we're going to be doing a quick world building jam session with. And that genre is going to be steampunk for our next genre. And the theme that we're going to be rolling with is death. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. The new themes are something like, like I said, (laughs) and the first thing that we're going to be focusing on is Something really important to the setting. Oh, I'm sorry. Someone really important to the setting that no one knows about. Okay. So we've got a steampunk setting with death as the theme. The first thing that we're going to be focusing on is someone in the setting who's very important that no one really knows about. The first thing that comes to mind for me is like a lich, but steampunk style. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was thinking about necromancy yeah. too. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. It's strange for us to go directly literal from death, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, no, that's good. Because uh there is a so I'm a big fan of the Iron Kingdom setting, which is uh basically magic plus mecha. And I, I'm a huge, huge fan. And they have these things that are called iron liches. And I feel like we could probably do something that's like that in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically a brain in the jar, brain in a jar, but, you know, mobile and also a lich. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm thinking of Crane or Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we, we can certainly go that way if you want to do He's kind of steampunk. <laughs> he's, he's definitely more cyberpunk. Though. Yeah, he's, he's more cyberpunk. But I could see him being a steampunk. <laughs> just slap some gears on them yeah put some gears instead of all the little yeah chicken legs <laughs> chicken legs because well, he, he has that one form where he's like on this chicken leg machine oh, yes you know right. okay yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. okay the technodrome all right so so do we now have a brain in a jar but it's a steampunk mech instead yeah i like i yeah. like it like literally a brain in a jar okay cool <laughs> So we, so we now have, uh, so we now have to figure out why he's important and why no one knows about him. Hmm. Is this kind of like a Xanathar situation where it's by design, where he's this incredibly powerful and influential figure, but he has like a facade that he hides behind. Like maybe he has a steampunk marionette that is his like figurehead. And he's like the, he's some important figure and everyone knows him as the guy behind the glass that you can barely see the silhouette of, of something like that. So is this kind of like a, since I've been watching Invincible recently, that one, the robot dude. Robot dude. Yeah. What do you his mean? Name is Cecil? Ro- his name is Robot. Oh, uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. 
I was going to say, I'm like, you mean robot or do yeah, you mean actual people? robot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, that sort could of, work. That yeah. I, I kind of picture him as like a businessman or an industrialist. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I, that's, that's his puppet, right? Yeah. So that thing okay. is his puppet and he's actually just a brain in a jar. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I need more parameters about the setting to understand where I'm going. Daniel, you can create as much as you want. It's steampunk. <sighs> So I you know, know there's going to be factories and you know there's going to well, be so, electricity and gears and at least one Zeppelin. So so I guess I guess I'll ask a bunch of questions then. Um, is this – so we were looking for like a higher fantasy kind of setting, right? So it's Well, like, it's steampunk. steampunk. Steampunk is typically yeah. like a good combination of magic and technology in a weird fantastical setting. Yeah, but we're not doing like – okay, so there's like dimensions of that, right? So it's not like um, uh, urban fantasy where it's like light magic and it's more like gas lamp stuff. And it's, but it's more like, you know, full on, um, are there like wizards are, are we talking about a modern setting? Is it more medieval, but steampunk, like what kind of, what world are we living in? So steampunk is, uh, I would, I would imagine that it's, it's pre, it's a combination of multiple things, right? Mm -hmm. And the way that we have steampunk as it is, we can really make it however we want. We can make it, it it's a little bit after gaslight stuff. Okay. So so it's like uh, maybe Victorian era. Let's let's kind of peg it there. Okay. And then as for the needle on fantasy te- technology, I'm leaving mm-hmm. that open. Courtney, why don't you come in and tell us how fantasy compared to how uh, technological yeah. we want to make it? Wow, leaving decisions to me. That's that's a risky one. <laughs> I know. I, well, I'm trying to stretch for time because I know that we have to, you know, kill another 20 minutes in the podcast. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah, true, true. Um, <laughs> Um, I would say definitely leaning more towards tech, like maybe 75% technology, 25% fantastical elements. Sure. So is the magic, quote unquote, really um, the genius, say, for example, of of what this this brain in the jar has accomplished? Like, is it psychical related as opposed to like wizards with spells? Yeah, I think so. I'm thinking that, you know, like the technological, like the 25% magic Maybe mm. that's like a new element or like mm. a power source that you that can, you know, power the technology that they have. It is like they found a super safe and super effective way to find, um, uh, I don't know, uranium or some kind of nuclear power that if, does something that's more fantastical, you know? What if um, that fantastical power is the power of the mind? Like they found a way to harness Ooh. brain power in a strange way, since it'll be in line with the theme of brain in a jar. I, I mean, we have brain in the jar lich, so yeah, yeah, why not, might right? as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and actually, but, now that I'm thinking about it, right, this character is like he's he's tried to transcend the body by becoming mm-hmm. just brain, right? So yeah, he's, yeah. He's he's fully absorbed into the psychical research and the psychical emanations that come from this. And as a result, he is a brain in a jar and also an industrialist bad guy. He sublimated himself. Yeah. Okay. I like that because that's now it's a very narrow kind of use of magic. So we've got like the psychical brain power stuff. We've got um, a relatively Victorian setting with lots of tech, right? Right, um, with, with fantastical mm-hmm. tech, that's great. Yeah, and then we've got industrial. Are there multiple industrialists? Like, I'm thinking Tesla versus Edison situation. 
I imagine there would have to be. I feel like I'd like to be. think that this is a robust yeah. workplace where there's okay. where there's multiple, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe like four to five major, you know, not corporations because those won't mm-hmm. exist for another X amount of years, but like yeah. something similar to that, right? Like mm-hmm. Robert Barron sort of um, yes. industrialists. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I know that's not the quite same time period, but I get I get the drift, right? <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're in the yeah, ballpark, yeah. and that's what yeah, 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 completely. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So is there another industrial? So maybe I wonder what are the other industrialists like? Is there a good one? Like a you know the then the Tesla to the Edison? If he's the Edison sort of profile. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, okay. Hold on. Now I'm sorry. I keep mm-hmm. going back to that character, the brain in the jar. Yeah. He's now a psychic vampire. Um, because you know how Edison basically just, uh, kept all of his patent workers in one building and stole yes. all of their ideas. Mm-hmm. And took he was a real asshole. Them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, this guy, this brain in the jar does that, but on a psychic level, he oh. will take the thoughts and ideas from your head. Like literally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so or, cool. or just okay. to steal the ideas and be creative. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because to him, that's what matters the most is that he's, mm-hmm. he's the Uber you know, like he he's the one singular industrialist that's left and he doesn't care. All right. So so we've got evil Edison brain in a jar. Perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. So before uh, you had mentioned um, at least one Zeppelin, which kind of makes me think of um, there's this animator slash musician online goes by the name of Umami. And he has this really, really weird series called Interface where there is this Zeppelin thing that like kind of absorbs and scans stuff and i honestly don't know what the series is about it's very very strange but uh-huh. it, it's interesting but makes it's fucking weird i was gonna say like, it makes me think where the brain in the jar could be in a zeppelin right <laughs> so, exactly that's what i was thinking yeah. like what if he's like constantly moving around constantly oh. soaking up people's thoughts across the world like you can like, never pinpoint where he yeah yeah interesting and then while he's physically elsewhere, because because Rob was saying like his puppet is on the ground, but mm. the brain in the jar is in the Zeppelin like a satellite floating through the air. And they don't know where it is, which fulfills the original concept like of not knowing where, like what was the original, the original premise of like not knowing what's important or who's the important person. Mm-hmm. So like technically the brain in the jar is that the really important thing that we don't know about because we know about the industrialist puppet. Right. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea that, you know, uh, up and coming talent who go in with this guy tend to disappear. Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, at least on occasion. So maybe um, the other industrialist is a young, an up and up and coming industrialist who's young, who has a great new idea. Who in the so the story, a story could follow him teaming up with this guy and then starting to realize the situation and before it's too late, you know. What was our theme? Oh, death. So yeah, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, really, I like the idea of of the stuff that's going on around it, though. I feel like mm-hmm. this is a real uh, sky captain in the world of tomorrow. Situation. Yeah, mm. I love that movie. Yeah, that's a great. It's a super underrated movie, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's really quite excellent. Uh, it, and this is like our chance to do like old 1920s pulp fiction stuff. You know, yes, like, yeah. We've got the Phantom, and we've got. Oh God! What the shadow? Right? Oh, Where, I love that. The shadow. Have, remember that movie? Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. That movie is <laughs> so bad and great. Yeah, but the comic, the comics are actually really interesting. So oh, okay. I, would, I would recommend taking a look at those. Or like, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Doc, Doc Morrow, Doc Samson. Do you know who I'm talking about? It sounds mm. familiar. Where he's basically like 
I am I am a science man. I do science. And then he like goes around <laughs> punching people and it's yes. like it's it's basically but but he's also like as strong as Hercules or like as strong as three men and he's like a crack shot. It's like again the early comic? pulp fiction area. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah, I um, think I like that. Like the still kind of um I mean that was gonna not silver age, the the kind of like the the go like a golden age of 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 pulp pulp comics, right? The, I I would say this is pre golden age comics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because golden age or golden age comics are like the supers. That's when the supers came out. This is I'm trying to think what's the name of the fifties pulp comics. Like this is it's funny because it's almost the same period as the as the Daniel, original weird just, fiction. Yeah, they're just called pulp comics. That's like yeah. that's, that's <laughs> all they are. Yeah, I'm just trying to wonder if there was a name for that era. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> so all right. So we've got we've got the conceit of the world down, right? It's mm. basically a world of industrialists and brains and jars and psychic stones or psychic elements that fuel these like fantastical machines, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe there maybe the psychic stones is when you fossilize someone's brain and trans transmute it into psychical ether they become those stones that then you can use so they're used the stones are used to be brains okay i can, I like I can get behind that that's cool <laughs> i can absolutely get behind that and then uh, i'm gonna throw in something even fucking weirder here because why not I'm going to say that the most potent brains that there are the most potent stones that they find are actually fossilized alien brains. Oh yes. We can yeah. add aliens. I yeah. love it. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. it, it's it's kind of like the, the crystal skull, uh, but uh-huh. not, not the awful Indiana Jones stuff, but like crystal yeah. skulls in general. That's where great. it's like, Oh yeah, we're just going to drain these things of psychical power. Basically. Mm-hmm. What was that? Um, that like, brain mind thing that somebody linked in the world building channel recently oh yeah there um where it's a town that is settled the mind mind yeah they yeah. literally mine into the brain of something yep oh. yeah we could we oh, could yeah, have something that. we could have something similar to that as well the alien it's, like, it's 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 lobes of the alien's brain there's one giant alien in the earth that they've been mining its lobes to make the crystal skulls Sure. Why not? Um, we Supplemented just, we by human it. brains. What oh God, What if yeah. the Earth itself is an egg of an alien? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> and it's hollow. For, spoilers for <laughs> Darkest Dungeon, but that is actually what happens at the oh. end. Uh, you find out that the Earth is literally just an egg and inside are these massive Praetorian monsters. Uh, and that is, in fact, what the Ancestor has been warning you against forever. Yeah. Oh, it's horrifying. I I love Darkest Dungeon. I think there's so much that's awesome about Darkest Dungeon besides the horrible, horrible gameplay. Um, And I mean (laughs) horrible in a good way, by the way. I don't I don't mean like uh, I don't mean that in like a negative way. I think it's challenging and it's supposed to be like mentally taxing on you as a human. You know, what's that? What's that horrible movie that has a T-Rex and Nazis in a hollow earth? I uh, uh oh wait you lost me there uh, are, wait are you thinking of um no it's also steampunk ish no there's know. two movies there's two of them the second one they go into the hollow earth 
I don't know, but there's also a series that has Nazis with dinosaurs, but it's a yes, comedy it's one. probably the same one. It's really funny. Um, it's terrible. What's what that? What's the, yeah? What's the, there was also that movie that has David Hasselhoff in it, and he sings the song. <laughs> David Hasselhoff's in that one. That's even more horrifying. Yeah, Courtney, you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, I Hold know on. that. <sighs> Shit. True. Okay. 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 It's true survivor from Kung Fury. Okay. There we oh, go. I love Kung Fury. That's yeah. so freaking epic. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow, Daniel. Bringing back an unironic epic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Although that's not the one I was thinking of, but I love Kung Fury. <laughs> okay, because that's that's also what I was thinking that had yes. dinosaurs in Hitler. Yeah. Okay. Can we just can we just acknowledge that there's probably too many like there's probably <laughs> too many like media things that have Hitler and dinosaurs in yes, them. Yes, yes. Because yeah. I feel like that should be like a once in a blue moon type thing. And now it's like, oh man, we've got at least six settings with Hitler and dinosaurs. <laughs> Hitler so, riding dinosaurs, yeah. Exactly. So, it's so, so absurd. I, just, I just Googled Nazis on dinosaurs and mm-hmm. um, it sounds like it might be Iron Sky 2 that yes, you're thinking of, Daniel. that's it. Okay. You got it. Oh, okay. okay. See, I never, I never saw Iron Sky 2 because Iron Sky yeah. 1 is just the one where there's the Nazi moon base. Uh-huh. It's the, they take it a step further. Now the hearth is hollow. There's dinosaurs. It's just yeah. absurd. So, so they're going based on like old, like actual Nazi occultism yes. that they wanted to study. Got it. Yes, exactly. Oh, Danger Five is the TV show that I was thinking of with oh, also Nazis okay. and dinosaurs. Yeah, that's where Sensible Chuckle Magazine yes. comes from. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we, okay, this setting has gone off the rails, which I'm totally here for. But I think it's time that we throw in the twist because. What else are we gonna do, right? Is it right. is it gonna be mm-hmm. Nazis on dinosaurs? Is that our twist? Uh, I'm going to make sure that <laughs> Add Hitler. No. Oh god. <laughs> that should be a twist. Add Hitler. That's just all it says. Well, isn't that just clones are involved? I feel like we can <laughs> Yeah, we can make that happen. All right. Um the setting so far is just a small work of art within the world. <laughs> Okay, huh. so I, didn't we, we part, kind of sort of touched on that because there's aliens now, so it's a smaller scale of the whole thing. It's actually it's, like an alien it, terrarium. Yes. Oh, okay. oh, Courtney, that's exactly what I was going to go for. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're basically in like a little bubble, and I mean, if we want to tie oh. our other setting into it then fuck it, right? Like, we can, mm. we're can. we all in the same setting. We're just, like, the aliens are just experimenting on humans in different worlds and settings yep. and stuff like that. I mean, I can also see the brain in the jar guy. Like, he's a villain, right? But as they turn to learn more about the crystal skulls and the aliens, they realize that he's not trying to, like, sublimate himself so that he can, like, lord over everyone. He's actually harnessing people's brain power and doing all this stuff because he needs to sublimate into the alien realm and defeat them. So he's actually a mm. hero. You're, you're Dr. Dooming him absolutely yes. daniel yeah he's like and he's training his assistant to help him i'm the only one who can make who mm-hmm. can save humanity yes. and to everyone else because he's a weird brain in the jar they're like oh he's evil he's and he needs to go down yeah, yeah. oh so the, the apprentice has to make a decision at the end where he's like gosh i realize what he's trying to do but he's also crazy so do i help him or do i like what do i do about these aliens and all that mm-hmm. what i think yeah. is now even more interesting is that you can have agents of the alien trying oh, to stop yeah. this brain in the jar. 
and you can have it so it's like uh, they're literal men in black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that makes me think of XCOM and the um, exactly the black ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where they're just like weirdly tall and gangly uh-huh. and stuff like that. Yes, mm. that's cool. Okay, uh, all right. So that is so <laughs> fucking weird and wild. <laughs> Jesus, and it's very Christ. steam. It's very like a new weird steampunk, but at a comical level, you know. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I actually think that there's so, like there's something that you could do to, it, within that setting that would be really mm-hmm. fun and interesting to do. Um, although I I have this weird fear that it would be like co-opted by libertarians, where it's like <laughs> yes. we're the brain in the jar and uh-huh. the government's the aliens, you know, like yeah. that type of shit. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then you just got to embrace it so it's nth degree to make them seem absurd. You know. <laughs> That's the way around that. You uh, you don't have to do much to make libertarians. <laughs> and true, yeah. Look at fucking Ayn Rand for fuck's sake. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. All right. I I don't know about y'all. I feel like we've probably reached the limit for our two settings here. Do we want to add anything else together before we move on? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know about you, but I feel like we've probably reached the ending to to our two settings today. I hope that you've enjoyed this preview of what's to come in the upcoming post-episode 100 season of World Build With Us. Uh, Remember that if you want us to build your world with this new updated World Building Jam session, you can always email us over at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. Remember that we are hoping that you'll send in some Q&A questions that don't necessarily have to be world building related. If you just want to ask Daniel why he's such a grumpy old man, if you want to ask Courtney, well, actually asking her anything will take another 20 minutes. So that's, you can just ask her any question. That'll be (laughs) fine. Or if you want to ask us any questions whatsoever, go ahead and send us to that email. Or if you'd prefer, you can go ahead and shoot us a tweet over at Let's World Build. And we will use it for the show there as well. Uh, Alternatively, if you want to come join our Discord and ask us a question, just drop it in the Discord. That's fine, too. We'll gather it up. We'll hoover it up over on the Discord, which is linked for that in the description. And if you liked us so much that you want to give us money or feeling particularly generous, you can always do so by following us on Patreon. Link for that also in the description. Remember, friends, that we love you very much, and we're going to get through this together until next week. Bye.